Hello, hello, and welcome to My Tennis Journey, where we aim to bring compelling tennis stories to life. As you're listening today, it'd be amazing if you could hit subscribe or follow. It's free, you know. Every year at the Derbyshire Closed Tennis Tournament, I, uh, I see a player, um, an amazing tennis player, a player who's competed um, for Great Britain as a junior, a player who's, you know, gone head to head with some of the, the very best players in our country, you know, someone like a, a Jody Burridge, um, a Harriet Dart, a player who is actually just absolutely full of beans. Um, I remember the children saying after we met up at the Derbyshire Closed, you know, how funny the person was who uh, I'm speaking to today. And I'm so excited to be speaking to this person today because they are the new head coach of Church and Tennis Club, the tennis club where I'm currently head coach. And, and this person is taking over from me. And I'm so excited about that. It's going to be such an exciting time for our club because not only is this uh, person, uh, you know, just a lot of fun, they're a wonderful tennis player. They're a wonderful paddle player. And uh, I think it means that the next chapter for Church Broughton is going to be really exciting. I know we've got loads of listeners out there who, you know, uh, won't really know what Church Broughton Tennis Club is, um, other than me whittling on about how it's the best club in the world. But I think you'll find today interesting because Kira's journey really has been remarkable. And whilst we do, of course, touch on the new adventures she's got ahead, I think you'll find pretty compelling the journey she's had so far. Kira, you're the new uh, head coach of Church and Tennis Club, the best tennis club in the world. <laughs> um, but first of all, of course, we need to go back to the, the start of your journey. How how did you start tennis? At what age did you start tennis? Yeah, so I started playing tennis when I was about five. Got into tennis because my sister was playing and she was already full-time at the time. Mum was very driven in tennis. Um, went to a place called Derby Tennis Centre. Started there with a coach called Phil Wilcox. And then from there, yeah, shout out Phil. Um, from there, progressed to, um, got like a, I think because my sister was already at Nottingham, got noticed and then went full-time at Nottingham Tennis Centre. At what age were you when you started? So, so I was five when I started. Five, tennis, you yeah. were five. Your sister was already full-time. How old was your sister? So she was five years older than me, so she was, she had been playing full-time, but she was playing full-time um, with a woman called Marsha as well she was at David Lloyd so like she was moving in between the two and I that's obviously I was you, with tennis you probably know you go to tournaments what do you do you sit around so I picked up a racket started playing and from there you know Amazing. here I am was it was it love at first sight between you and a tennis oh, racket making me think back a long time um yeah I loved it always loved it I think I was I had the mindset for it if I could say that I was just got on the court and played and was fine working hard and yeah it was just I must have I was playing every day like yeah. four hours a day I absolutely loved it Wow. Yeah, come out of school, primary school early, so... And you did, you, you know, I know it's easy to, to say, I loved it, but you did. You did know, there must, But there must have been times you were playing a lot at a very early age. Were there times where you were like, 
I just want to go and play Super Mario Kart or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Go kick a fo- football. Yeah. Um, no, to be honest, I think when I was when I was in primary school, I still had a, like, I had a very good balance. I was still obviously at school, still with friends, and um, you know those times we didn't have that technology. Still, so I'm you know I'm not old old, but still got to go out on the playground. Um, so I still had a good balance. It was probably more when I went to Nottingham that it became all about tennis, and that was probably I was quite young. Me and another girl. Um, called Freya Christie. She was we were both the youngest there. So that was probably the biggest transition of going completely away from, you know, the yeah. more social side. But I mean, and I know at an early age you, you achieved a lot as a player, you know, yeah. it's it's sometimes hard to blow your own trumpet. And so, I agree you know, with that a little too hard. Right, I'll, I'll do it <laughs> yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, oh, this is my job. I need to I need to but you, I mean you went on to play for Great Britain as a yeah. as a young tennis player. Tell us about that adventure. Yeah, so as as a young tennis player, I was when I was like 10, 11, 12, I was, you know, one of the best one of the best in the country and I got to travel a lot with with tennis and I think when you're that age you don't really think about it. But now looking back I'm like, oh, okay, that actually is it's it's something, isn't it? You know. Um, back then I just kind of went and I did it and it was like tennis was my life and that's all I thought about now I think okay actually you know to say that you played for Great Britain is like you know it's something to be proud of I wish I could say that you know, <laughs> I, I wish like I'm, I'm of the sort of you know I always look for family roots of you know yeah. have I got the chance to play for this random nation or another because you veterans know, veterans is where it's veterans. at let's go yeah tennis is a game for life pickleball here we chance. go I think I've got a chance in pickleball yeah. we'll come on to that but no I mean to play for your, your country was amazing um, I mean you know what what followed you know how you know you get to the age of 16 17 you're still playing tennis did you think about going on to the tour or what, what was your so when I was when I was playing I mean I think the thing is with tennis it's very great it's great when you're doing really well so when you are the best especially in this country when you are top you are you were told you're the best you're given all the sponsorship you're given all the funding you're traveling with the players you're going to Roehampton which is national tennis center and you're like doing the national camps now the danger is when you kind of slip outside that top five and you know it, that's when it becomes tough because it's like you know especially as like a, you know especially women in sports it's like what do you do next do you go to American Uni and American Uni was mentioned to me when I was about 14 15 when you actually go out there it's amazing like yeah. it, so many players become pro after going to American Uni so I mean I was I was still doing really well um, but when I got to about 16 17 um, I got ill so I was a bit of an illness, but yeah, um, lost sight of my eyes a little bit. Don't you remember that? God, yeah, lost sight. Yeah. yeah. So it's about a year. So that kind of like I got a bit stalled a little bit with that. Um, well, which is completely happens, understandable. Yeah. You yeah. Got... So I went and I transitioned from Nottingham to yeah. David Lloyd and Derby. Yeah. Had a great coach there. Matt Lowe was really good. I like Matt. Matt Lowe. Yeah, I saw absolutely. Matt recently. Legend, Matt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, come on. Probably one of the best coaches I had. I loved him. Um, he was great. Um, and then from there I went and one of my friends was actually in American at the time and then you know got got my video done and then got a scholarship and I absolutely loved it and you know the rest was history and yeah talk to us about that I mean for all the parents out there who are listening who are investing a lot in the tennis journey and you know they're going and now they're entering tournaments and you know an American scholarship can be a return on investment I went to play in America I didn't get a full scholarship and I came back to the UK for university because it was free. In fact, you know, I was from a, a single parent family. I got a grant for going to university. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, Phoebe and her friends were talking the other day, you could come out with debts of £90,000 from, Ameri- yeah. from a UK university. Yeah. If you can get a scholarship at an American university, 
Why wouldn't you look at that? And the opportunities and the way they treat you, like, it's unbelievable. Oh. And I think, you know, like, you're treated like, you know, it's the, they're there, they value college sports so much to put it on such a high pedestal. If you're doing well, you know, you get everything paid for, clothing, food, you know, like, bursaries, anything you want, you know, you're travelling around the country, like, everything's sorted. If you're struggling with school, they help you out, you know. Yeah. And then you're playing at a good level. There's, you know, you've got players there, I think, Div Wano, who are, like, 70 in the world right now. Yeah. You know, it's not, a, it's a very good level. Yeah. And that's what's saying. Well, that's the thing. What an amazing experience yeah. of an adventure but also from your tennis point of view I mean you know my college wasn't the best at tennis but we would travel you know in we'd fly to games sometime and I got back to Oxford Brooks University played for the tennis team and it was four people in the back of a Nissan Micra (laughs) you know it's like and I know by the way and if Mr Alistair Hyam is listening I know British University tennis is incredible compared to how it used to be but I mean America was clearly I mean a good time for you yeah I loved it yeah friend I've met a lot of friends but people that hopefully will be in my life forever it was was so good yeah and then you came back, oh yeah, right? No, I think I probably that's one of my only sometimes I like regretted coming back so quick. But COVID happened, and you know I'd come back, and then obviously, but now, but then I won't be here, so maybe it was meant to be, eh? Destiny <laughs> yeah, calls. There we go. Destiny calls. I mean, I know a lot of people have settled over in America. There's a lot of Derbyshire tennis people over in America. But so what? What did you do when you came back here? So it was ju- had a little bit of a um, stall just because of COVID. COVID happened around the end of my American journey, and then. Um, got took a job up at Oakham. Do you know Oakham? Probably do some yeah. place in Rutland, small little place, lo- lovely place. Um, private school there, and um, yep, started coaching. Was enjoying it. Like did a bit of Nottingham Tennis Centre, which is was interesting to see how that had changed from when I was a kid. Yeah, you know. But um, did a bit there, and then stayed at um, Oakham, and then you know, obviously got the call up from here. So here we are. Happy. <laughs> and your love of tennis has remained because you know I know that we. we that you know a, a lot of players who have played a lot of tennis for some they decide right that's it when they get back from American uni in fact the last guest I was chatting to Shane Deacon was saying you know for some the end of the journey is the end of American uni and they go and get a job and then you know because you get a great degree in America you don't yeah. need to but but you've stayed in tennis which that was probably what was the, the another thing I, I regret for me I wish I'd have gone back playing because I mean the amount of people who are now I was playing to a good level playing people who were now who were like top 500 in the world and winning yeah. and a lot of them are transitioning and went back on the tour and are doing really well yeah. and I just kind of went and stopped and I think if I'd have stayed on I'd be you know playing now and I think that's probably where I think there is a but again that comes down to the, you know there's not much support you know, in terms of like researching an episode at the moment with Sally Appleton who's Emily Appleton's mum and, and one of the pieces I was researching um Sally does an amazing blog about the reality of life on tour and Emily made it to the semi-finals of a, of a good tournament in Italy. Um, Played Emily a few times. Come on. <laughs> and uh, and she, she got to the semi-finals and she won £520, I think, before tax. Yeah. It's tough out there. It's not that glamorous. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was about 17, I went to um, Egypt to go play some 10Ks, some futures. And, you know, you're paying for, like, probably about two grand for a week. Now, there's a, that puts a lot of pressure on you to go far in the tournament. You know, because if you do, like, let's say you lose first or second round, you've got to wait the entire week for the next week to get to, because obviously it doesn't start again to the following Monday. You know, it's a lot of, you need to basically say to yourself, you need to do well, or you're not even getting any type of return, which yeah. is tough. 
you know yeah. especially when you're then 23 24 25 and it's like well okay do i get a normal job do i start a family do i you know can i keep this going or you know that's the hard part and there have been a few players shout out to billy harris he's Wow. He's doing absolutely amazing right now. Yeah. He was he was at not um, David Lloyd with me at the time. We used to train yeah. together, and now he's he's someone who's kept at it. Finally got what he deserved. And isn't that amazing? Well. I, yeah. I uh, the LTA have recently released a series called Beyond the Baseline, yeah, which I've enjoyed watching. And Billy features on one of those, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. The reality of being a a tour pro it's tough. Yeah, it's not tough. easy. The good thing is the tour's loss is church brought and tennis clubs. Exactly, you've uh, won. Game, this is incredible. And, there you know, um, I guess, you know, this kind of podcast, this kind of era is the end of my chapter as head coach. And it's amazing to hand on to your good self um, the, 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 the mantle of, of head coach at our club, you know what? What are you excited about in terms of? Big shoes to fill, am I? Size ten. Uh, I'm got... a nine. I'm alright. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> but yeah, what's, what are you excited about? So I'm I'm excited to see what you know, like my skill sets and what I could offer to the club, and you know, in terms of you know having played to a relatively decent level and also been in tennis for a long time, I think you know using using that to my advantage to push these kids to do things that they maybe wouldn't have done if they weren't playing tennis you know like you said earlier get out of the house you know make them just get on the court and play and also keep them playing i think is going to be the most important thing for me growing the paddle program really look forward to do that i think paddle is going to be a big thing in five years like i said and from here i think i can with while playing paddle at the level i'm playing i think i can offer a lot um in terms of you know coaching and other stuff um and motivating the kids just to want to um play more play tournaments you know if they want to go into coaching because i think you know we need more coaches you'll probably say yourself we don't have enough good coaches in this country um and just see where i could take it and i think you've already set up like you've you've done a great job here and you've got a great program and if i could just keep that going i'll be happy as well (laughs) there we go (laughs) just a little interlude to say it'd be amazing if you could hit that subscribe or follow button. Now back to the podcast. I think something, I, th- I get the feeling it's something that means a lot to both of us is that tennis, you know, can be an elitist sport because of the amount of money and stuff. And, and very yeah. much for me, that's not what I've ever wanted. I've wanted it to be a sport for everyone. But, you know, what? what's your thoughts on that sort of... Well, from, from my perspective, what tennis has offered me, and not in terms of just on the court, just in, like, life skills and how the opportunities I've had that I wouldn't have had if I didn't play tennis, you know, the just, you know, the mentality that I've gained, the people that I've met, the places I've been. For me, making it not just about playing to the, like being a professional tennis player there are club level players that you can help develop and they don't necessarily need to be the best in the world they can gain things out of it that they wouldn't get you know like just the social aspect speaking to people team sport more um, stronger mentalities loads of things that they can you know they could go into coaching they can go into university it's not all about having to go on the tour and be number one which I think when I was younger that's all it that's all that mattered yeah and if I I can I agree I think that and you know in that respect we're we're uh, chatting whilst the amazing coaching team are outside coaching at the moment um and on a wednesday night we've probably had 50 children down here and those children are all getting exercise yeah. they're away from their xboxes yeah. they're having fun, fun they're socializing yeah. they're learning that learning, things yeah. go right things go wrong this is a an amazing thing and and i think you know it's just such an exciting 
going to be such an exciting time for the club with you joining that it's. Uh, I'm just really buzzing about it. I'm I'm excited to become a member of the coaching team. <laughs> um, I know I know it's really early days, um, but I think we must come on for your passion for paddle because, you know. Tell, tell us a little bit about how, how did that passion for paddle so, start? I probably am not sure a lot of people here will have heard of it, but it's growing massively, especially in this country. I got into paddle a year and a half ago through a friend of mine just playing out of the blue and was hooked instantly. I think the the intensity of it, the friendliness of it, the way that nothing is the same. Like I mean, having always played tennis, not that I became like accustomed and bored of tennis, that will never happen. But you know, doing something different while still keep being able to like transition what I learned in tennis to paddle. So obviously, if I started another sport like let's say cricket or football, I can't necessarily. I have some skills that I've used in tennis, but not as much as I have learned in paddle. You know, I'm the volleys, the smashes, everything's the same. Um, it's just it's exciting. I think it's doubles. You know, tennis is quite can be quite a lonely sport. Obviously, there is doubles, but it's usually most people play singles yeah. you know? um, but I think yeah. in this country it's growing and I think in probably about five years it's going to be very big here yeah. um, I think less technical side you know for kids who are let's say beginners in tennis usually you'll probably say yourself what's the funnest part about playing tennis it's matches right like playing matches competing but if you're a beginner sometimes it's it's hard to do play matches if you can't serve, you can't return or paddle. That takes all that out. It's not an issue. Yeah. You can go straight on and serve and return and volley because the technical side's not there. So it's so much easier for kids to adapt to, which I think is great. I think it's um, it's a really interesting one, this, because, you know, and, and it's amazing how many children we have here tonight. But to me, the important thing is they're getting out they're staying healthy, they're playing a sport, they're socialising. And for some children, it may be that they enjoy playing paddle more than tennis. And if that's the case, I think that's okay. I think the important thing for us as coaches is that we're trying to, you know, what's what's our objective as coaches? And it's to bring kids into a healthy lifestyle and gain all the benefits from sport. You, you said know. something interesting yesterday about there being room for all sports. And I think that is true, like as a coach, I think especially when you're involved in one sport, sometimes you can have this narrow-minded mindset of this sport is the only good sport. But actually yeah. it's all positive, isn't it? You want them to play any type of sport that can get them out and not yeah. sit and sit at home on the couch doing nothing. I think so. Yeah. I think so. So for those listeners who aren't uh, based around us, you know, give Paddle a go. And for those listeners who are part of our club, part of our our community then you know watch this space for exciting paddle stuff i know vj's done some amazing yeah. work at the club and and i know now with kira taking on the role there's going to be some exciting times ahead from a paddle perspective and that's what's great well yeah. you know and this is where just uh, you know we on one of our groups some of the children tried it last week because the courts were really slippy on the tennis courts so we tried paddle and the kids loved it and some of the children coming onto court today said can we play paddle and to me that's okay that's good that's winning because they're finding a passion and for me it's about the children finding their passion and mm-hmm. that might be tennis it might be paddle it might end up being pickleball or yeah you've been waiting for that i've been waiting to bring it in you must tell us quickly though because i know you represented ireland at paddle (laughs) recently so you 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 are now not just a gb international how did that come about so um the manager at we are paddle um plays for the irish team obviously see me play played with him a few times and then he spoke to me my sister my sister also played um asked me to do a video and 
So I think so. The Irish team is like growing. Um, paddle in Ireland is probably similar to the UK, starting to get bigger and bigger. And I think it was interesting as probably a club that like a country that's maybe not been playing paddle for as long as some of these other countries. Like we went we went to Portugal, and some of the Portuguese teams were just you could just tell they played paddle all their life, like twenty yeah. years. Um, but it was great to just be able to compete with them and just you know be a part of it. Cause what was that like though? Could you compete with them? Was it like because you're relatively new to paddle? These guys, you know, it's a long established sport. That's How was the it? Difference is, so if I played, if I brought someone into tennis who'd only played for a year, oh. and I played against them, it would just be no, not to be you know, no, they wouldn't stand a chance. Exactly. But I could play with them. I think yeah. obviously the scoreline might not reflect it, but you're not like getting destroyed off the court. And this is again what. The nice thing about paddle yeah. is anyone can kind of play, and you can comp- You don't have to have an amazing level to compete with the other person yeah. in the, of the court. It's a bit of a leveler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the other skills they do well is like they look like they're not moving as much. Where when I move, I look like I'm flapping. But in terms of like net play smashers, very similar. And, top players. and didn't you get to play a former I did, I top did. five I didn't even in the world it was tennis her. player? It was a bit embarrassing, actually. Tell us about that. So um, yeah, I was just chatting along and then went on the court, um, played a mat. I played a few points, warmed up, and then my sister was like, "I think that's Radwanska." Um, she, you know, she used to be number two in the world. Um, she was playing for Poland, and I didn't even realise. And I'd gone up to her before and gone, "Oh, so did you used to play tennis?" And she was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, you're good." She was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh my god." Myself a tennis player, I don't even know who um, Radwanska is. Mate, that's amazing though. And how did you get on against them at paddle? So we lost um, for like four and three or something. I mean, they, they didn't Decent. they didn't play paddle, they played tennis. Yeah. But obviously, tennis they're very well. So she's better than, I'll, I'll own this, she's better than te- tennis than me. So cool. she played paddle tennis better than I played paddle tennis. So it was a bit of a. Um, but we wasn't like you'd look at it and think you got thrashed. But yeah, no, they were very good. She also played. I should. Um, she also played with a partner who was also like 35 in the world. Um, wow. So yeah. Incredible. So were, Incredible. Yeah. What an experience. Yeah, it was now, get, this is obviously a great chance for people to get to know you. So, quick fire round now. Um, what is your favourite meal? Favourite meal. I'm gonna say bolognese. Actually, take one. I mean takeaway. Yeah, you could go with that. I'd probably go. I'd probably go Chinese. Chinese, Chinese but if it's just like, oh, I like a, I love a good Sunday roast as well, especially if the person cooking it is good. Yeah, I'll have a Sunday roast. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You've had three. Great options. <laughs> great options. Your favourite kind of music or band or. I like a bit of country actually, and I think I I got an appreciation for it when I was in America because I went to a few country. I uh, know <laughs> that was a bit. You didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> you didn't expect like rap or something. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. Uh, yeah, country. I like I like sad music. Oh, and uh, so have you got a cowboy hat? Uh, no, but I can buy one if you want. <laughs> I'm country. sure I can borrow yours. You've <laughs> definitely got one. We need country and westerns now. We Should we do it? Come on. Fa- favorite country you've ever been to? I've got to say Ireland, I'm Irish, I'm patriotic, I love it, I just think the people are great, good to laugh, good sense of humour, so I'm going to go Ireland. Uh, actual like place to live, I think I'd live in Ireland, yeah. Like. Come on, pot noodles, good thing, bad thing? At uni they were a great thing, 9.99p, I lived off them, <laughs> and you don't have to cook, it's perfect, yeah. But um, in terms of long term, no bad thing, I don't think they're great for the health. <laughs> no, I hear you, I hear you. And where, so... I, your church person whereabouts are you living now are you local to here great I don't have to so I was commuting before to Oakham so I'm living in um, Sunny Hill it's about I think about 25 minutes from here it's nice nice time to drive an hour and 30 minutes every day to get to work come on well honestly Kira I'm so excited I know like when Jane Rushby handed over to Ben Rushby when Ben Rushby handed over to me you know it's been it's been a great 
kind of time for the tennis club and I know that's going to continue it's so exciting to have you on board and uh, yeah I mean we must revisit and do another pod at some time but uh, we always ask this question to finish so it'll be interesting to hear your answer Um, if you could go for a drink with anyone alive or Or dead dead. who would it be and why I was was going to go um, if tennis players I've always wanted to go, we might as well keep it tennis thing, this is a tennis club. I've always wanted to go um, on a drink with Andre Agassi. Same um, here. I read his book. Same it here. Was great. And I also think his mindset was very similar to like a lot of tennis players. I think it's people think that, you know, every, every sports person must absolutely love their sport at all times. But I think it is a love hate relationship at times. I think Andre Agassi displays that really well. So I'd probably have it. And he seems like a good laugh as well. I would love to. You know, when I was a junior, I was uh, sponsored by Donne. And it was at the time where he had denim shorts and fluorescent bits coming Where was he sponsored by Donne? Yeah, he was Donne. He got a multi-million pound deal with Donne before Donne became part of Sports Direct and stuff. And uh, so I had these rackets, I had all the outfits. He was my... Was he your idol? He was my idol. Such a good returner. He was, oh, I mean, he, he was amazing. And he just seems like whilst the love-hate relationship with tennis was there, there's the relationship he's got with Steffi Graf and how they've bonded. You know, they're yeah. just such a sweet couple. Yeah, it's, it is great. I th- and I also think it's, it's important to remember it's not the tennis that's what you hate. Sometimes it's just your own mentality towards the tennis. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Because yeah. the, t- the tennis itself doesn't actually do anything. You know, you, it's right. amazing, but it's that, like, pressure and the other things that come with it that's hard in any any walks of life, jobs, anything, you know, it's the same thing, so... Well, it's, it is an interesting one, isn't it? And I think that's where... Like at Church Broughton, you know, what do we want? We want children coming off with smiling faces. And if you listen to Agassiz and read the book and Steffi Graf as well, a lot of it was because of the intense pressure that they were on as juniors. And um, I think that's what we try and do is instill the love of the game. I mean, someone like Nick Kyrgios came out today and said if he could, he'd stop playing because he doesn't love it anymore. I always find Nick Kyrgios an interesting character because I think everyone like he gets a lot of hate but actually i think he's quite raw and i actually i'm not saying that you know sometimes you know the examples you set to your kids is, is important but i think tennis has always been perceived as a very prestigious sport and very perfect but you know we're not perfect aren't we no. and i think this is where it needs to people just need to take a step back and remember that people come from all walks of life have had different difficulties and different mindsets and i think it's important that we just we just remember that actually we're just trying our best, aren't we? So yeah. I think, oh, I, I actually do like him. So I think Kyrgios can come with us. So we've yeah, got me, 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 you, Kyrgios and Agassi. Um, that'd be an interesting. How about if we're going to stay with the tennis one? So what about a female player? Which which women's well, player? Yeah, of course I need to do who, who are we going to invite along? So we've got me, you. My mum was a massive fan of Monica Sellers. And obviously, she, I think she's had an, she had an interesting journey, didn't she? Yeah. Obviously, what happened. I think she would have been um, an interesting one. Um, yeah. Serena Williams always got to give, you know, she'd just unbelievable same both of the Williams sisters actually yeah you definitely know, never happen again but yeah um, and then obviously yeah yeah that's that's what I'd yeah. alright and here's a, f- a final one for you because I think the thing that like I know you believe in your tennis and your ability and, and rightly so with what you've achieved but who like what would you say is your a name of a player that you've played who, who people might be familiar with you know have you played any of the... Yeah, I've played quite a few of them, actually. In terms of, like, the British ones. The British or overseas or... Yeah, quite... <laughs> I was just going back. Um, yeah, I've played I've played a lot of the top, like, Jodie Burridge, Freya. You know, I grew up with all of these girls. Um, you know, Harriet, me and Harriet's train. Like, I've played them all, and I think 
that's probably what's the interesting side of things of like why what makes one player go one way and the other player maybe not carry on and you know take a different route and I think I think it's in I think as I've gotten older I've realized being the best in the world is great but it's not always the end there's other options and I think that's where you can still succeed if you're not just a tennis player you know and I think when I was growing up it was always about tennis if I didn't make it in tennis I was nothing you know and now as I'm getting older I'm realizing you know I can still help other people and help kids become good tennis players or you know like you said just even for clubs you know these club kids do well and get off the couch and you know make a difference rather than just being someone that's unbelievably good at tennis so Come on. yeah so we'll see Mate. well that yeah. is the perfect perfect note to finish on yeah. all the very best with the new role yeah. uh, can't wait to see what an exciting future we've got here as a club and yeah just lovely to chat appreciate it rob appreciate it that's all for today but thank you very much for listening and if you enjoyed that please do hit the subscribe or follow button so you keep up to date with new episodes and we look forward to welcoming you back to my tennis journey very soon